What's good guys, Ross Potter here and this is the RP Coaching Podcast where we'll talk about training, nutrition, mindset and everything in between. Created with you in mind, this podcast aims to educate and help you to tick those boxes daily. If you do enjoy the content, show me a little love, subscribe and share. Enjoy the episode. So welcome to another episode and we are here with the man himself today, Mr. Ian Vout. Ian's here for a new little series we're going to do covering some of the biggest topics in the fitness world, sleep, hydration, digestion, all these sorts of things and we are going to wrap them up, tie them up, put them in a nutshell just for you guys. So Ian, welcome to the RP Coaching Podcast. Thank you very much. Hello everyone and thanks for having me. Um, Ian, give us a little bit about your background. Uh, I've been in the fitness industry for around 20 years now. Um, I've, uh, I'm, my title is Health and Exercise Performance Coach, um, but I have a background in exercise science, rehabilitation, athletic performance, and anti-aging medicine. So I really try and cover all bases um, with my clients. Um, I've been in the industry all these years trying to look for the magic pill, and I've yet to find it. So it means that I've managed to pretty much go right across the industry and understand a huge amount of areas to try and really find it. But obviously I've realized that the body is a system of systems. So we need to make sure we don't just address one thing, we address, address the whole body in a very holistic way. Um, so now I'm specializing in sort of advanced tactics and strategies that improve all around health and performance um, in every walk of life. So that's my... It's worth saying, Ian is the blood specialist who does my blood, mm -hmm. looks in my internal health. I've been working with Ian for probably two years, maybe? Yeah, maybe two years. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the, the, the information and all of the kind of facts, figures, numbers and stuff that Ian's given me over the years has been incredible, especially when it comes to bloods. When I do my bloods, we sit down. How many? We go through 50? 50 different 50 bloods different on, yeah, just that test, the one test that you do. So. Um, 50 different blood markers, which is everything internal, mm. everything internal, which is one of the most beneficial things I've ever done and I will continue to do. So I will drop the details in um, and you will obviously get to know Ian over the course um, of the podcast. But in terms of internal health, this man mm. is a wizard. It's, yeah, it's one, it's one area that is, is very important, I find, and is not addressed in any fitness or health facility or or you know in the in a health service at all because it's they they seem it's like too expensive or they just don't think it's important enough maybe or maybe there's just not enough knowledge out there so it's something that i found um really important um and very simple sort of vitamin and mineral analysis to hormone analysis and balance uh, organ health all these things can have a have a problem um with people getting results so if there's any issues there we find them we sort them out so if there is one thing you will take away at the end of the series, you will be getting your bloods done with Ian. I can <laughs> assure you of that. Um, this man's knowledge is incredible. And we're going to kick off the first of the series with the big topic, that is digestion. So I've had quite a few questions come in in regard to digestion and the overall topic itself. I've picked out five questions which I feel are going to be most beneficial to you guys as the first in a series and we're going to kickstart digestion. Um, first question, I've heard about probiotics, what do I need to know? 
probiotics um, is it's a, it's a good question um, because most people think probiotics are these little um, sugary yogurts that you'll get in the, uh, a store which will sort out all your, all your digestive issues. Um, unfortunately, sugar is the number one thing that fungus bacteria uh, in your gut will love and number one, it's its number one food source. So we want to really make sure that we differentiate between a probiotic that can actually help you and a probiotic that is a marketing tool. So true probiotics are something that will sit on your gut lining, help ferment things, help actually improve levels of uh, lots of B vitamins, so they actually make vitamins for you. So if you don't have enough in your, in your gut, if you've uh, had a history of antibiotic use, then a lot of the times these, uh, these probiotics are actually, or proflora, are actually very low in people's guts. So a couple of things you really want to make sure uh, you look at when you're trying to purchase any would be first off make sure there's a not a sell by date but an actual uh, best by date. So if a probiotic is saying say 15 billion probiotics per capsule which is quite a normal amount I know it sounds a lot uh, you want to make sure that that is at the end of its shelf life rather than the beginning because a lot of the cheaper ones will actually say 15 billion on manufacture where at the end of their life they're going to be a hell of a lot less and probably pretty useless so you want to make sure that's good and i would say always get a refrigerated version of a probiotic so you'll find them more in the health food stores most probiotics that are on a shelf aren't really um, worth your money so i'd probably say bar maybe a couple but in general if you find one in a in a fridge in a health food store that's going to be a better quality one than you find elsewhere perfect um <clears throat> i know a lot of people who use my plans always see at the top um or upon wake up vsl3 which i think is one of the strongest on the market i think it's something like 450 billion yeah that's a lot cultures or whatnot <laughs> um and i've always advised it start with half a sachet and then build up a tolerance it's not something that you have to run 365 days of the year um and i would probably suggest the, the most crucial time to use probiotics is after a bout of illness when you've been using antibiotics mm. um, again massive topic we can sum it up in a nutshell in antibiotics and gut health mm. I think also you want to make sure that with um, antibiotic use, you want to take a version called Saccharomyces baldi, which is a really strong um, uh, probiotic that will actually survive an antibiotic use. So the problem with antibiotics is that it nukes your system. So as you as you take them, it's going to destroy all the virus, or the, not the virus, the bacteria that is causing your, your issues. Um, but also kills everything else as well. So then you need to replenish your gut with good bacteria. So you can take one throughout your antibiotic course, which will help lay down the foundations, and then you'll be able to uh, take a regular probiotic, which will then uh, capitalize on that and get the good bacteria set up there before any bad bacteria can do so. Because what a lot of people do, they'll take their antibiotics, it will cure their issues for a few weeks or maybe even a couple of months, and then suddenly the, those issues come back. And so you've got to try and address the actual cause of this issue and the fact that you might have bad gut health and that it's causing the issue, then you destroy your gut and then you have, you know, you think it's going to be all, all fine after that isn't actually the case. So there is a, a cycle of it. So if you're constantly on antibiotics on a regular basis, you should definitely look at restoring gut health of which probiotics are a very important part of. 
certainly, certainly needed. Yeah, crucial, fundamental, and something that you can't just pick up in the supermarket with your Yakal or your <laughs> Actimel, um, because as Ian said, sugar fuels the, the bad gut. Um, so, moving on. Mm -hmm. I suffer with bloating and gas. Can you help? And this is a, a big topic, especially with some of my clients who maybe have started a plan or oh, I'm so bloated all the time, I feel pregnant, what can I do? What can we do to prevent bloating and gas or help? Uh, first things first, uh, make sure you di uh, chew your food properly. So from, for a lot of people, they don't chew their food into a fine soup as it should be. So it should be a liquid as you swallow it, ideally. Um, and that will help you digest your food properly. Um, the second part, and probably the part that a lot of people are going to find um, problematic, is that the stomach acid isn't actually high enough. So for a lot of people, stomach acid, they think of it and they think, oh, I've usually got too much, so I've got to take, uh, take some medication of some kind to reduce my stomach acid. But actually, for most people, due to the stress in our lives, due to alcohol consumption, um, and various other things, we've got low stomach acid levels, which means when you eat a meal, you can't actually digest it. You can't pull the bonds apart in the proteins and the vegetables and the fruits to actually use that food in and absorb it in the lower intestines. So looking at your stomach acid levels is definitely one way you can do it, um, which usually I use some kind of pill or digestive aid um, to try and test out to see if people actually need that. Um, Bloating, though, in a, in a big way, can be linked to food intolerance. So there's big hitters out there like gluten that I'm sure everybody's heard of these days, which uh, create food intolerances. Um, obviously, a major food intolerance with gluten would be a celiac disease, but you'd know if you had this because you'd basically see blood in your stool the whole time. Um, so you want to make sure that things like gluten... Eggs can be another one. Sometimes dairy as well can be issues um, with, with, with many people that can actually cause bloating. So doing an elimination diet or cutting those certain foods out that you're eating on a very regular basis might be one way to re really reduce bloating and gas. Yeah, I would always advise getting um, a food intolerance test done. You can pick them up online, 50, 60 quid, just by sending a sample of hair. Or if you do want a more in-depth, study again we can hook you up with ian where we actually use bloods mm -hmm. to find out what your intolerances are i've used the service online maybe three or four times over the course of maybe five six years um and i've always come out with something different every time whether it's whey protein whether it's beef mince um the last test i did was eggs and dairy um so i've obviously cut that out of my diet mm. but it's such a good way to find out what you're intolerant to um for the for the cost of well i mean 40 50 quid what is that to, to most people is nothing but the benefits you can take from it and then like ian said you eradicate everything in your diet start to put things in one at a time and then at some point when you put that food that you're intolerant to back in you'll know straight away um, and then you can just pinpoint but the good thing is with a lot of these intolerance tests is they give you a percentage or a sort of color scheme as to what you're intolerant to more so generally eliminating the top three four five things mm. you should start to see yeah if you've got a high intolerance say if you're say if you're intolerant to gluten um, and if you're eating it with other foods you'll then become intolerant to those foods as well so it can have a knock-on effect 
So we really want to make sure that if you are intolerant to say gluten, which of course gluten will be in all your breakfast cereals, it'll be in you know toast and whatnot, and then it'll be in your sandwiches for lunch, it'll be pizza, pasta. So if you're eating it on a regular basis, but you're also eating it with other foods, then your body doesn't really have a way to differentiate between the, the whole meal. It'll just say, right, send the immune system in and try and destroy whatever's causing this problem, but it will just attack everything. And then you build up an immune response which causes bloating and gas to get worse and worse and worse. And that's why people, a lot of the time, they say, oh, I didn't have, it, have this in my 20s, but now I'm in my 30s, suddenly I'm getting bloated all the time from the same food. And it is because they've eaten it so much that they've now got an immune response um, to it. So question number three then. Uh, I've heard hydration affects digestion. Should I be drinking more? Should I drink less? Ian? Well, uh, definitely... That is correct. Water does affect digestion. Basically, it's a lubrication that will go all the way through the bowel. So when people don't drink enough, they actually end up usually becoming, um, or you can get auto-intoxication from it, where basically you get backed up so much that the stuff that your body's trying to pass out of the body will get lodged in and then it'll get reabsorbed into the, the, your, your body, which means you have basically this poisonous stuff going through your system and then has to get all cleared out again. So would there, would there be any symptoms of that? Is that like a sickness? Is that like a gastro, an IBS sort of symptom or? <clears throat> I mean, A, you won't be going to the toilet very much. So that's one symptom that's quite easy to spot. Um, you should really be going at least one to three times a day. So depending on who you are. So, because uh, there should be almost a one meal in, one meal out policy. Um, but not always that, that way. But for sure, every day should be should be there. So if you're less than every day, there's definitely a, a, uh, an issue there you need to try and sort out and water can, can help it significantly. Um, I'd probably say actually just the amount of water you might need. Um, you want to take this equation home with you um, and, and figure out uh, how much you actually need per day, which is 37 and then times it by your body weight in kilos. And that'll give you the milliliters you have per day. So if you're 100 kilos, then you're going to need 3,700 milliliters, which is almost four liters, so 3.7 liters of water a day. I usually say that's pure water as well. It doesn't mean tea and coffees. doesn't mean alcohol. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's a big, big point to raise. I mean, um, tea and coffee really doesn't count. Um, you cannot judge your water intake by three, four cups of coffee. It doesn't work like that. We're talking... A bottle of water, ideally uh, fresh um, from a good source, and then we can judge our water intake on how many bottles we've had over the course of a day, rather than saying I've had four cups of coffee, I've had two glasses of alcohol, I had an orange juice, because it just doesn't work like that. We have to do it on mm. bottles of water, how much you can get in every yeah. day. I'd also increase it uh, by another 500 milliliters for every hour of exercise you do. So for, for me, I'll go to the gym in the morning and I'll be on a litre and a half, two litres by 8am. And most people don't have that in like a week. So, so, um, so it's definitely one, one way. <laughs> What's your weekly water intake? Yeah, exactly. Three so, cups of coffee. Well, some, but it is really surprising. Like with the people I deal with, you know, executives and, um, and they could, they, they literally like, oh, I don't drink water. And I'm like, what are you talking about? How are you alive? Yeah, I've seen I've seen many many plans yeah. on the questionnaire. How's your hydration? Mm. How many glasses of water? You know, do you have a good fluid intake? And I'm shocked when people say, you know, I have one glass. Yeah, 
one. It's not even a pint. It's yeah, it's, it, happy. it's not even a pint. It's just a tiny little yeah. glass. But <clears throat> and yeah, eight glasses a day or whatever is the sort of recommendation. But I find these things so vague that nobody ever uses them. So use that thirty-seven times your body weight, and that will give you the milliliters. And then you can sit with a, a bottle of Evian or something um, by you, and you can go through two of those a day. A really um, good tip for getting more water is you can buy these fancy bottles with markers on. Um, but if you buy a normal bottle, just get yourself a Sharpie and just write times on for like a morning bottle, an afternoon bottle, and then you can just look at the visual guide and you'll be able to see where you are with your water intake and where you should be. If you're looking at your whole flask and you're noticing that you've not drunk any and you should have had that by 9am, then you're obviously behind. Yeah. Pull your finger out and drink some water. I've seen the yeah, actual bottles that do that now. They're like 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 12, and it's like, so people do make sure they're not getting behind. And that's um, a very, very effective way. Very, very yeah. basic, and yeah. you might sit there laughing, thinking, really? Like, yeah. I'm not that stupid, but yeah. you are. Yeah. You are, trust me, when it comes <laughs> it, to fluid intake. It is crazy, yeah. Like, it's probably, I'd say, 90% of people that I, I, uh, I see have issues with water intake. Um, and it's just crazy in my head, of course, but I'm obviously in the industry, so... I mean, me, me, myself, I'm guilty of it. Every time I've done Bloods with Ian, the first question, true, how, much, <laughs> how much water are you drinking? Yeah. Not enough, Ian, not enough. Slap me on the wrist. And yeah. I am guilty. It's something that I'm trying to address, and I do now make sure I take a Highland Spring or whatnot. I take a bottle with me pretty much everywhere I go, and I do notice the effects when I don't drink. My headaches, yep. digestion isn't as good sleep isn't as good you got to remember that water affects every single cellular process in the body give or take and if you're i mean take a perfect example take your car does it run without fuel no it doesn't so it can we can relate that um, situation to, to fluid in the body it's such a crucial fundamental thing you can go weeks and months without food mm. but you can go only a few days with water if we're on a desert island. Mm. So there you go. There's the importance of, of water. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and especially in terms, especially if you're females out there as well, detoxification is a really important thing, especially with sort of estrogen and, and these kind of things that can really, in, well, decrease the amount of uh, body fat you can have. Um, you want to make sure that your, your digestion is optimal. And uh, if, you can, if you can't get stuff out of your body, then that is not a good position to be in. So the best solution for pollution is dilution. Wow. How about that? Look at that. <laughs> if you want a quote, if you're, if you're into your quotes, play that back. Yeah. Get that on your kitchen walls. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that. Um, so, perfect. So yes, you should be drinking more. And there's that um, calculation Ian chucked in there for you guys. So just go back. Ian, just sum it up. Is it... Uh, it's 37 times your body weight in kilos, then that should give you the milliliters of water that you need per day. Awesome, good. So next question, hot off the press. <laughs> I have a terrible immune system. I feel like I'm always ill. What can I do is it, or is it too late to correct it? Um, it's quite a, quite a good question, that one, because a lot of people don't realize their immune system is very bad. They just think getting colds once a month is, is normal um, and seen many people like that um, but it's your di your your gut health is inexorably linked to your immune system so 
anywhere between 75 to 85% of your immune system is actually all in your gut. So if we don't have good gut health, then we have big problems. And for most people, the first thing I'd look at is, well, why, um, where is your immune system? So is it actually, you know, your immune system's there to, to support you through life and make sure it kills off things that aren't gonna kill you off. So if it's having problems and you keep on catching things, then that's a sign that your immune system is very low. Um, but again, the reason why isn't so obvious, but usually first off at least, we'll look at inflammatory foods. So foods that are actually, your, your body is perceiving as an invader, uh, can actually take your immune system's uh, eye and then it's actually attacking your food rather than attacking these, these germs that are coming into your body. So understanding what you may be intolerant to, understanding you know are there any allergies um, you know you can look at it in the family actually if you've got any autoimmune diseases in the family you're more likely to be um, getting or having causes of uh, immune immune response issues so that can be a, a big issue for that leaky gut mm. that's obviously a big issue of <coughs> mm -hmm. poor digestion poor gut health etc um, does that sort of tie into immune system in any uh, way or definitely yeah i mean the problem with leaky gut syndrome um is that a most people don't know they have it um and so there's it years will go by i mean some people never know they have it and it might be causing the problems their whole life um and they don't you know they've just been oblivious to what's going on um because your your immune or your your gut wall is only one cell thick so it's very easy to sort of break down um and then when there's holes in it things that shouldn't go into your bloodstream do, and then you have an immune response from that, which will again decrease your immune system um, or the ability of your immune system. Um, but things that can cause leaky gut syndrome are things like dietary proteins. So certain proteins you might be intolerant to. There's a sort of dairy protein is a classic one. Gluten is another one. Um, your low stomach acid uh, can be a cause of leaky gut syndrome, antibiotics, uh, infections, blood sugar issues, um, other antibodies, um, and then there's things like pregnancy even can be a, can be a problem, uh, food allergies, and of course, a really big one, which is stress. Which is a whole another podcast mm -hmm. in, its, in itself, and we will, yeah. we will cover that because that is one of the big fundamentals for basically just fucking everything up, yeah. um, really getting in the way and... Mm. Yeah, making things a lot harder than it should be. So we will cover that. Mm. So perfect. So it's never too late to correct the immune system. Um, but we always would look at starting with gut health and trying to optimize gut health first, digestion, and then looking at the responses mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. So to sum up digestion, Ian Vout, <laughs> the wizard himself, what are your three top tips for the listeners on keeping the best digestion possible uh number one i think i'll go for uh stop eating sugary processed crap shite foods <laughs> so Boom. yeah you heard it here first get <laughs> out not first the but... <laughs> middle get out the middle aisle of the supermarket yeah no and that's exactly it you're the the whole food industry is set up to feed you these what i call non-foods um, so they don't have any real nutritional benefit. So if we stop viewing foods as calorie, um, or bunches of calories sitting everywhere, and we start looking at them in terms of nutrition, you're going to get into a much better place. 
So with processed foods, it's been processed to the point that anything, any kind of natural nutrition that was in there would have been would have been killed off. So they either pasteurize them, boil them, uh, pulverize them, mush them into a different shape um, in terms of like anything we can. Food. Yeah, and, and then they throw sugar on it, they throw salt on it, they throw fat on it, and say, there you go, that's a, that's something you can eat. And yeah, few you can numbers eat it. sprinkled yeah, in there for good exactly. measure. Exactly. So and you can eat it. There's no problem, but. Um, but it will not give you vitality, health, uh, a functioning brain, um, and a functioning life, I'd say. Um, so that's definitely the first thing is to kick those out. And as, as Ross, you said, they're just shop around the edges of the supermarket. So vegetable and fruit aisle, meat counters, fish counters. So, and then that will, that's a good start. Cool. Number two. Spy. Number two, uh, reduce all inflammatory foods. So as I was just alluding to before, um, the inflammatory foods that most people don't know they have can be a big issue and they'll kick holes in the gut. They'll mean they'll increase your uh, inflammatory markers by quite a way, which means you're not going to be able to recover from exercise properly. You're not going to be able to recover um, psychologically from daily life. Um, you're going to find you're always bloated. You're not going to get a six pack because what? If yeah, I know. Oh my <laughs> God, everyone wants a six pack. Yeah, and it's one of those things that most people never even look at. They they think, oh, I'll just do a thousand sit ups a day and I'll get a six pack. But uh, <laughs> oh wait, so you're telling me that doesn't work? Yeah. Oh wow. Well, is it news is it, just in? <laughs> is it not? It's, I look in, internally, not externally, and, and in this sense, if you're if you're bloated in any way, your abdominals have to relax to allow the swelling that's going on in the gut which means that you can't activate your abdominals properly and so you can't tone up your midsection. Um, and at the same time, if you're inflamed, you're gonna put on more body fat. So that's a really big way, big reason to uh, try and stop those inflammatory foods in your diet. So if anything's causing you bloating or gas or anything like that, you need to try and figure out what's going on. You can do it with an intolerance test, which is the easiest way probably, um, as our blood never lies, but uh, you can do elimination diets by cutting out certain offending foods. Um, sometimes the harder way for a lot of people if every single meal they're eating these foods. Cool. And finally, your number three. Uh, I'd add in a fermented foods. Um, things like yogurt, kefir, uh, fermented vegetables are a really good way to sort of nourish your gut. They've got good, uh, in terms of the fermented vegetables especially, you get good fiber in there, so that's great for your immune system great for your sort of probiotics and that are sitting on your gut. Um, they've got um, great ways to sort of heal your gut as well um, and incredibly nourishing because they're basically pre-digested foods which means you can absorb them quickly and effectively and take, take advantage of all those good things. So it's definitely awesome a, a great way to do. Also potentially sprouting is a good way to do it as well. So it kind of comes along the same lines where you kind of get seeds and beans and things like that and sprout them and you can increase the nutritional content of those foods by up to 20 times their original when you sprout them. So it's a good good thing to do to get in your diet. Grow your own veg. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Get, get sprouting. Get sprouting. Yeah. Uh, perfect. So we're going to wrap that one up there. Um, that should have given you the kind of all of the, the outlines, the guidelines for digestion. If there's anything you want us to cover, just drop me a message via socials or Ian himself, you'll be able to get in touch. But thank you very much for listening, guys. Stay tuned and we will have more for the series coming up. Have the best day and stay safe.